Esme. She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. Go queen. joining another episode of the Keytap Podcast. Today I have a great couple by the name of the Vegas. I have Charles and Tracy. And Charles and Tracy have an amazing business called Simple Self-Defense for Women. And they're doing some amazing things to help women and children just to be safe. So we're going to talk about that. In addition, Charles also has a great story about how he pursued his dreams and some tips on people who may hesitate and have some self-doubt on how they can really be motivated. So we're going to have a great chat about all things positive. How are you guys doing today? We're doing awesome. very Thanks well. Thanks for thank having you. us. Yes, thank awesome. you. Thank you. So, of course, I do want to talk to Charles about a few things, but I actually want to start off. I'm going to mix it up a bit. What inspired you guys to start the Simple Self-Defense for Women? Unfortunately, in the times that we're in now, I noticed that crime and different stories and people going missing and just assault cases I've seen it go through the roof now since the pandemic. So what inspired you guys to start a self-defense business? Well, I'll start it off, Trace, basically saying that, you know, I'm a fifth degree black belt, uh, been doing that for a long time. And, you know, you see things on TV, um, just like you're talking about all these bad things that happen. And I said to my wife one day, you know, you don't always have to fight. You can, there are techniques on how to get away. So we talked about it and talked about developing a program. But the funny part about it was Tracy says to me, well, if we're going to teach women and children, you're going to have to know a couple of things about women. They don't want to be thrown around. They don't want to go to class after class. They're too busy, you know, with family and work. Just show them something how to get away. So that's what started the program was we don't teach you how to fight. We teach you how to avoid and how to escape if someone tries to grab you, punch you, choke you, something like that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So with you, Tracy, I know like you mentioned, just giving some information, how you said women really, and I've seen it on television sometimes, you know, when women go to self-defense courses and there's a guy wearing a big suit, you know, and they're telling them to oh, punch yeah. And all that stuff. So what made you say, hey, like, let's do something a little different where women aren't being pulled? And, you know, like, what made you think that, hey, let's do something a little different? Well, it's kind of funny because Charlie had started with a project where he was doing an instructional video. And, you know, we set up a studio and we did some of the stuff. And I said, Charlie, you know, this is this is a little dry you know it's great content the content is really good but you know if you want women to watch it it's got to be a little catchier because we actually started with a television show we started doing some of our programs locally and and we can talk about how we got into to doing the television show but i said if you really want to catch somebody's attention it has to be quick you know women like charlie said women are busy but let, let's make it entertaining because people are expecting 
to go to some place where they have to get thrown around. They're like, yeah, I got a bad back. I have a bad knee. I'm too old. I'm expecting. I hurt, you know, whatever. And we've actually expanded it to where women of all ages and also just to let everybody know that's a listener that we also expanded to the LGBTQ community as well. So we've, even though the company is Simple Self-Defense for Women, we have opened it up. But we, we keep it fun, we keep it light, we go to where women are and where they want to learn, where they can bring their kids because they want to go, but they don't necessarily have a sitter. So we decided, let's make it a little bit more entertaining, let's make it eye-catching for women, that's with the pinks and the purples and TV show with the wild carpet on the floor and just something to draw women in so they're not getting that typical experience that they're expecting, or what I like to say, their, their father's karate, what they would expect. Mm -hmm. What are some examples of like, let's say an average course, let's say, you know, Jane wants to go ahead and take your course. What would a person expect like on the very first day? And is it like just one class or is it like a series of classes that people can take? It's well, one class and the class encompasses First, how to avoid getting into a bad situation. And then if you get into a bad situation, how to escape. It's a two-hour program, and we go to businesses. Businesses and colleges are the ones that hire us to go out and do this program. So it's a one-time program, and we show them just a few techniques, but show them how to use those techniques in multiple scenarios. So instead of teaching you 32 techniques, and you don't remember any of them next week, we just teach you a few of them, and then you know how to use it in different types of situations that happen. Mm, okay, so what are some of the, and I know you mentioned also helping people avoid um, these unfortunate situations. So what are just some of the tips just to help avoid it? You know, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. It's just really scary, honestly. So what are some of the average tips and some women, I mean, they're traveling alone, they're working, leaving alone. Like, what would be some of this, the average tips on how to avoid it in the first place? Well, that's one of the reasons we decided not to make it the average self-defense class. Because people, the, one of the favorite questions we get, people will call and say, well, what do I wear? And my response to them is, well, what do you wear when you get attacked? And they kind of chuckle and they go, oh, I get it now. Because women are traveling, they are going out after dinner, you know, they might have a drink or they're out shopping or whatever. So the first thing I'll tell you about what people need to remember and anybody taking it or anybody around is safety 101. And although that sounds very simple, you got to be aware of your surroundings is the, one of the first things and parking lots, people coming and going. You have to be a, almost a people watcher these days. Be aware of your surroundings. Tell people where you're going, especially, I'll say, if it was the holiday season and people were out shopping, let people know where you're going to go, because if you don't come back, there's a starting place of where they are. Um, we're big proponents of carrying pepper spray, so know where you are. Let people know where you're going. Carry pepper spray. Be aware of your surroundings, and, you know, just get comfortable with being uncomfortable in today's world. Unfortunately, I have to say something like that, but it's, it's true. Yeah, and, and to add to that, think of when you go into any store, let's just say a mall or come out of a major store and you start to walk towards the parking lot. Think of the parking lot as a landscape. 
look around and see if that person that's standing there, are they waiting for somebody? Are they waiting to attack you? Does something not feel out of place? Because one of the things we teach and, and really emphasize in our program is most women have really good um, understanding or, or feeling of what's going on. If it doesn't feel right, you're probably correct. So the first thing is trust your instincts. So if you look at somebody and somebody doesn't feel right to you, then avoid that person. Go the other direction. Ask to be escorted to your car by the security in the store or somebody in the store, because most stores are happy to do that. If you see something, call 911. We work with a lot of law enforcement and all of them will tell you, we'd rather have you call us and it turn out to be nothing than for you not to call us and turn out to be a victim. Because most of the women that we've taught, the ones that have been attacked said, you know, I knew something was wrong. I should have done something, but I didn't. Wow. So something that we teach that's kind of unusual to hear is it's okay to be rude. And I know that's odd because we were always taught growing up, you know, be nice to everybody. But you talked about travel, somebody getting in an elevator, somebody getting in a taxi, somebody walking to their hotel room. If you're not comfortable, it's okay to be rude. And if it's a mistake, you could always apologize later. later. But it's better to be prepared for what could happen than to be overly nice and allow a situation to happen. And with that, I have to say that victims are never wrong. They're mm -hmm. a victim for a reason. They're never wrong. So I just want to let people know that if you were a victim, it's not your fault. Right. right. And one of the tips we give people when they're traveling at a hotel is if someone at the desk says your room number out loud, ask for another room. The second mm -hmm. thing is, if you are at a hotel, prefer to get in a lower um, room versus the 12th floor because first responders can't rescue you on the 12th or 15th floor. The other thing we tell people is that if someone is in the hallway and they come close like they're walking behind you, do not open your door. Because what they're going to do is push you into your own hotel room and attack you in a private location. Wow. So let's say, for example, with kidnappings, which obviously, like I said, this world is crazy. In the unfortunate situation, if a person grabs you or... I know I've heard in the past, never let someone take you to another location. I can't remember where I heard that from, but let's say. Probably someone, us. Well, I've heard it like years ago on some national thing. They were like, never, if possible, never let someone take you to, you know, the second location. So let's say, and, and this is an, you know, an unfortunate example. Let's say. Hey, your peace world is the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon. And this is the Q chat. Keep it locked right here say like, okay, you're a woman, you're walking in a parking lot or something, it is late at night, and someone does grab you from behind, what, and I know, like you said, you teach different defense techniques, what should a person do? Like, is it possible to escape at that point? Like, what are some tips a person should do in that unfortunate instance where someone does grab you? Well, what I'll, what I'll say to that is, at our website, simpleselfdefensewithwomen.com, there are some videos that are free that you can see how to get away from certain situations. But you are correct that no, you need to do something. 
Statistically speaking, you will not survive if someone brings you to a second location. The police call that a secondary crime scene. So what you need to do is you need to do something there. And even if you are shot or stabbed, you're more likely to survive there than to be taken to a remote location and be killed or murdered in that because no one's going to find you there. So we're talking about odds. How, does, how do you improve your odds? So the first thing is the things we've talked about. And if you get in one of those situations, how to get away. So I'm going to say, go to the website for some of the ways when someone grabs you, because it's easier to see that than try to illustrate it on um, without video and a demonstration. But there are certainly ways that don't require strength. Our program is from ages nine to 91. When we had our TV show on, we had a woman who was 91 years old and she did all of our techniques flawlessly and was able to escape from someone much younger and stronger. It's not about strength. It's about technique. Hmm. And the reason we, you know, there's been numerous, numerous cases where people are missing and, and they're gone and there's, you know, all these news shows that cover the story and people never know what happened to the person. And people, somebody's going to listen to this and say, I I don't want to be shot or stabbed. But it's unfortunate that if that were to happen and God forbid somebody didn't survive, at least the family has some closure knowing that the person that did it at least left to them. And there's something to work with versus never knowing whether they're still out there and that, you know, how many parents die looking for their children or family members die going, I, I, they never knew what happened. So people may not like the odds, but like Charlie said, your chance of survival is much better to never actually have to get into the vehicle. I mean, sometimes it happens, do everything you can do to get away, create attention, whatever you can do. We don't give a script. You know, people say, do I scream? What do I yell? You know, what do I, what do I do? Charlie's reference to the videos that they're short, there's little little snippets that people can look at and practice at home, and I strongly suggest that they do that. Mm. Wow. Now, I've seen on some movies, obviously, where someone is kidnapped and they're put in a trunk of a vehicle. So my next question really is, is are there ways well, te- new technology can technically help us? iPhones and new the way cars are built now is there a way for cars if you're in a trunk of a vehicle is there something that can pop the trunk open on the newer cars there are uh, handles they're usually yellow or orange in color and you Mm -hmm. can feel them if you can't see um, that will pop the trunk so even if you have to jump out at a even a low speed or medium speed and get road rash you're better off doing that Um, but there are um, programs out there but if you don't have your phone with you, it's not going to help you any. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to you have to do something before you get into the vehicle. And if you get in, do something to escape because the odds are that you're not going to come back if you go there. Because think about this just for one second. Bad guys, they don't, they don't tell the truth. They lie. They're going to say, hey, come with me and I promise I won't hurt you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a total lie. Why do you think they're taking this other location? They're not taking you to get ice cream, okay? They're taking to do something very bad to you that they don't want someone else to see. That's what people have to realize. Do not believe anything they tell you. Mm. Wow. And how long have you guys had this business again? 
Over 11 uh, years now. Yeah, I was going to okay. say about 12, I think we've been doing it. Okay. Do you guys have children by any chance? Sure. We do. <laughs> <laughs> do you have daughters? We yep. do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did you have daughters before you guys started this business? And was that an inspiration to do this? We, well, we did protect have what our daughter is from before that, but you know, Charlie, Charlie, he, he won't like, he doesn't like to tell you how long he's been doing it, but he's been doing it a long time and it's always been a passion of his. So mm -hmm. being able to share and help people and teach people is something that he's always done. We just found now that getting out in front of people, the more people we tell, they tell somebody else and people have fun with the program. They learn. We've been to domestic abuse shelters. We've been to, um, um, colleges where, where girls have been raped. We've been to somebody places that, at our workshops where people have been victims of domestic abuse themselves. We've just been to all these places and heard all these stories. And the more you hear, the more motivational it is to be able to help people. But having kids and, and, and other young people in the family, we teach everybody we can teach. And we encourage everybody that comes to the program to pay it forward by teaching what we what we taught them to someone else as a parent you want to teach your children so obviously we always taught our kids since they were very young but sometimes people don't know what to teach so right. we're we're in this business that we're experts at it but not everybody is so mm -hmm. you know look taking our program or another program do something to learn so you can teach your kids what to say and what not to say uh in a bad situation right and that's my next question, because I know you said like the courses start, you know, young people, children up to, you know, 91. As far as I know, you said you guys have made the course where it is fun. So it's not, you know, the, the typical self-defense course. But for children, how do you make it so that uh, obviously you, you want to make it fun, but how do you make it so that you don't necessarily want to have them like afraid? I'm assuming you don't want to have them scared when they hear these things. Like, how do you? relate to children and, and telling them how to be safe because telling well, a child to kidnap anything is naturally scary anyway. So how do you approach children in your course? Well, the course usually is, is we look at eight or nine years old and above below that is, is a different type of teaching. And that's not where we focus. We focus on something that where they can understand what we're saying and be able to teach somebody else how to do that. So a nine or 10 year old can certainly do the program and be able to get away from somebody like myself. I'm 216 pounds, six two, but if they know how to get away at 10 years old, it doesn't matter how big I am. But we also teach the parents about, instead of stranger danger, we teach them about a safety list. Mm. So most, I mean, to a child, everybody's a stranger. So right. stranger dangers everywhere. So we teach the parents and then have them get the children involved that when you create a list for, let's just say a six or seven year old of who can pick them up from school or who they should be talking to or what they should know, because you hear a story about, oh, come on, your mommy had a car accident. I'm going to pick you up and take you. Well, the odds are you're not going to send a total stranger. So when you create a safety list, you're involving the child and they get to learn about something more fun, like what color is grandma's car? What, you know, what is um, daddy's phone number? Whoever's on that list 
then they start to understand and they get involved. And, and that's something that we hope that they keep with them for the rest of their lives as they get a little bit older and become teenagers. Is that a car that I should be getting into or is that something that I probably shouldn't do? Right. If so, they're not on the list, of, no. <laughs> no. And, you know, I mean, with there's right at now there's blended families. There's families where the parents, neither parent can pick up the child. There's families where only one of the parent can. So, when you have the child, you know, go over the list with you, like, what color is, is you know, daddy's hair? Do you know daddy's phone number? And, and kids can learn phone numbers and learn things really young when you work with them. So teaching the parent about the safety list and having them get the kids involved makes it fun and it makes it stick with them so they make better choices when people are trying to talk to them. And another thing we teach parents is not to put their kid's name on their backpacks or jewelry. You yeah. don't want a stranger approaching your child and say, hey, Valerie. And they think they know them because they don't even realize their names on the, their backpack or their, or their jewelry. And now all of a sudden, this is somebody they should know. So mm. you never want to have a stranger approaching your child by name. So never put your child's name on the backpack, on their books, anything that would someone can see and be able to approach your child. Right. I remember learning that. Um, my children are older now, but I remember learning that when they were younger. I also remember this was, I think, maybe my second or third child in the hospital. They were saying, don't put like the signs, you know, back in the day, people would put the little announcements, birth announcement signs in the front yard. And I remember it was such a difference by the time from the time I had my first child to the time it was either my second or third, I believe it was the second where the hospital actually were like, don't put the signs in front of your home because of abductions and things like that. It's just pretty sad how the world is, but you're right. Like you just don't want to give anybody thing in any, any extra to identify you. One thing I've, um, I heard years ago, so I'm asking you guys, do you, is this true? I also heard that personalizing your license plate like to maybe sometimes reconsider that because it gives somebody an easier way to identify you, like, you know, a bad person is, I mean, do you have any validity to that? Do you agree that a person should maybe reconsider even having a personalized license plate on their car? If it's too well, personal, then yeah, I would say. I mean, Trace, what would you say? Well, uh, well, I'm going to say, think about the, the license plate, yes, but that would probably be somebody, that's a very targeted attack when somebody's it's kind of like putting your picture on your business card or billboard or something. When you're giving somebody a, an open invitation to, to find you, yes, you know, license plates, that would be something that's probably a more personalized target um, that people are going after. But think about something still along the lines of cars. When you look at the back of the cars and you see the minivan and they have the picture, you know, of the dog and the kids and the, you know, the cat and they all have their names that's worse than a license plate because you're, you're telling everybody about your whole family and all they're doing is looking at the back of your car. And the reason I say that is because we did get behind somebody one day who not only had all those little people with all their little names and the number of pets, but their license plate was also personalized. So they had their last yeah. name. So they had all of their names on the back of the car how many pets, you know, you have a cat named Jack and a dog named Sam or whatever, and they have two little girls and a little boy and one's in cheerleading. I mean, their whole story was on the back of their car. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So the license plate and the other 
but again, like I said, the license plate is probably a more um, specific attack if somebody's really going to that much trouble versus something that's generally random. And, and also that uh, applies to adult. So if you're, if you're, let's say, a nurse and you're out to lunch and you have your name tag on, you forget that you have your name tag on because it's kind of like part of you after a while, right? If any of you ever worked at retail, you know, you don't even think about it. But now someone's going to approach you and say, hey, Chandra, how are you doing? And they're like, am I supposed to know this person? Because you forget you have your name badge on, right? Right. So it applies to adults as well. That you don't want to really make it easy for someone to approach you and start a conversation because they have ill intent. Mm. Now, another question, of course, we discussed never let someone bring you to the second location. And I know you do have videos, but, and I hate to like give out these terrible scenarios for anyone that tunes in because I don't want to necessarily scare anyone. But let's say, for example, someone approaches you with a weapon. Is there any way to even get away to safety if someone approaches you with a weapon is like if someone approaches you with a weapon is that like absolutely it or is there a way to still protect yourself in that instance so i'll answer that in 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 two ways first is uh a lot of martial artists are proficient in gun disarmament Mm -hmm. and the idea behind that is how to and if you can get close enough to the person and there are techniques that i've taught how to get close to the person and disarm them but most people don't have that, that um, um, expertise. So what we tell you is keep your distance away. Most people who have a gun don't know how to shoot, right? Mm. So if you have it, we're going to tell you keep your distance and actually run. But if run in a zigzag motion, which will help you survive because the odds of that person being an expert marksman is extremely low. Mm-hmm. So even if they wound you in an arm or a leg or something like that, you will survive. That's the thing about that. So it's not a, it's not a total disaster. Now, what we, uh, one of the things we teach is about distance. Don't let anybody get closer than 10 feet to you. We also teach um, or in, really encourage pepper spray because you could use pepper spray. Well, it's like a shotgun almost spray of, from 10 feet away. And today's pepper spray will not only make their eyes tear up, but it actually swells their face up, making it difficult for them to breathe and see, giving you time to get away. And that's what we teach a lot of in our techniques is teaching you how to create time to get away. Because many times a parent might have a young child with them and a young child can't run as fast as an adult. So we get, try to teach you how to have time. Pepper spray gives you time. And Chandra, something else to think about there is depending on where the attack or potential attack could be happening, are you leaving the mall? Are you carrying a bag that is a jewelry bag? Are you walking out of Best Buy or one of the big stores that you're carrying maybe, you know, a small electronic device that they want? You're leaving an ATM machine. So you have to take that second and that's why it's so important to to be prepared and have something in your mind by taking a class first is make that split second decision. Are they after me or are they after what I have? And Mm -hmm. if you think it's what you have, throw it the other direction and go opposite. If it's, if it's a piece of jewelry or, or money or whatever, it's not worth your life, throw it, 
hopefully use your husband's credit card. You know, you can get the money back and go get something else that you like. But, you know, if you're throwing it, then you'll know immediately, are they after me or are they after what I have? Wow. So another scenario, of course, is now I remember when my children were younger, I would always try to be as quick as possible, putting them in a car seat. The only thing is, it's technically kind of vulnerable because you're in the back seat trying to put a kid in. What are some tips for moms? You know, because that's typical. Moms traveling with their children. Like I said, times are crazy. Some people could care less that you're with a child. You know, they have a criminal mindset. So what are some tips for mothers? I remember when, um, before I had three kids, my two younger kids were, um, my two older kids were kind of close in age. And I remember one time it was at night, we were rushing in the car and my youngest had told my oldest, we have to hurry, there's robbers, you know, outside, you know, but we <laughs> always have to like, hurry and get in the car, especially, you know, at nighttime. So like, what are just some tips for, a, you know, a mother, she has small children, she obviously has to strap her child in a car seat, you know, going in and out. So what are just some tips, you know, just for women with children to just be safe? something that's, you know, if you think you're in an area where there could be an issue or you see somebody that's making you uncomfortable, obviously a small child is going to be in a carrier. Hopefully it clips into a car seat quickly that you put your purse in first, keep your key in your hand, get in your car, lock the door, then you could reach over and finish adjusting the child. Or maybe you have to drive a small distance just to get out of that situation. But, you know, toddlers, that are a little bit older, you know, they start two years old or so, they can kind of start to stretch to get in the car. If you think it's a situation, I would recommend shuffling them into the car quickly, locking the doors, turning on the car, whatever, then buckling them into the car seat, or like I said, drive that short distance. But carry the pepper spray in your hand. It's not going to go off accidentally. Put your purse in the car first. Secure your children. You know, if you have to jump in the front seat of the car with your child because you think you're in danger, then I would do that. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes to looking at your surroundings. You don't want to be caught by surprise. So before you right. put the children in the car, just take a quick look. Take a second or two and look around. Does everything look okay? Do I need to throw the kids in and, and go 20 feet or a block down to strap them in? Take that moment to take a look around so you don't get surprised. And don't don't be on the phone looking down and thinking, I'll just ignore this person because so many times people are looking down not paying attention and you know you're looking at your phone thinking oh well they'll think I'm talking to somebody but what you're doing is we find you're you're annoying people because you're on your phone you're not paying attention you're walking in front of cars or you're not looking up um, you're not making eye contact somebody that is is looking for a victim is looking for somebody who's not paying attention especially if you have kids you're on the phone you're distracted that's a perfect target so Take five minutes, put your phone away, you know, look up in front of traffic, make eye contact with the people that are coming at you. Because if somebody is truly looking for someone, they're looking for someone who's preoccupied or distracted, not somebody who can describe them and point them out. And and also, before you even get to the where you're going, park in a spot that's less likely that someone's going to see you as a target under a light closer to the door where people can actually see you versus a hidden spot behind a large van or a large truck. Pick a spot that is as most visible as possible, depending where you're at. Mm -hmm. 
That does make sense. So I do have a few more questions, obviously, regarding the simple self-defense for women, but I want to steer for one second because as I was mentioning to you guys before we started recording, Charles also has some other inspirational things that he's done. I know just reading through the information for you guys that you previously were working for a Fortune 500 company and you decided to change careers later in life. So I wanted to just talk to you about that journey and also just shoot out some information because that's another thing. You know, obviously we're talking about being safe, but another journey with a lot of people, especially after the pandemic, a lot of people were realizing, hey, I'm in a career that I don't like. I want to change. Maybe it's too late. I even went through that experience right before COVID. I'm like, I really don't like this career that I'm in and I have to get out. But a lot of times we have a lot of self-doubt that stops us. So I want, you know, like I said, I definitely have a few more questions because this is super important about the defense. But I also want to just jump in and get some meat about your journey. <laughs> okay. Journey. So, what I'll say is that um, my career uh, was mostly in sales and marketing when I started, and I was did very well in that. But I always wanted to be an attorney. Ever since I was uh, probably in my early twenties, I wanted to be an attorney. And and uh, at that time, I was married with young children, and um, it was difficult to really put the amount of time that's in. Um, so I put it off. And I could have done it, but I put it off. I made the decision to put it off. So years later, I really wasn't happy where I was at, kind of like what you're talking about. So, you know, if I'm going to do anything, I really need to do it now. So I started talking to different people and seeing what, what schools were available. So I decided, okay, one day I said to Tracy, you know, I'm going to go to law school. And she's like, what? <laughs> you know, and I did. I I. Uh, prepared for what's called the LSAT, which is the law school admissions test. It's a difficult Mm -hmm. test. I started studying at night, working during the day. And um, I took the test, applied for a couple of different schools. I got accepted. Um, And the, I felt once I got in, I thought, okay, first challenge is to get in the law school, right? Then the next challenge is to get through it and get out, right? So law school, I will tell you, was brutal. It was very difficult. It was very demanding. And I pretty much gave up three years of my life, three and a half years of not doing anything except studying. I mean, Tracy would say, hey, we got to go here. Nope, got to study. And I did it. But here's what I think is important out of that is that I don't consider myself, you know, super smart. One of these guys with the thick glasses that, you know, is always the top of the class and I was pretty ambitious, but I thought, you know, can I do this? Is this something I can do? Because it's kind of, it's up there. Getting a doctorate degree is a big deal. And I thought, you know, I don't know. And a lot of the people that applied to law school, they had master's degrees or uh, other, other PhDs and other degrees. And I had a bachelor's. So I was competing with them. Um, but I did get accepted. And then I gave it my all and it was extremely difficult. And I just kept saying one more step next semester, get through this one, get to the next class. And it was kind of one step at a time to get through it. But I did get through it and um, I did pretty well in the school. And I was lucky enough to pass the bar the first time. Um, And as I look back at that and traveling 180 miles a day, four nights a week, sometimes five or six, because I'd go on the weekends. I'd leave in the morning, 
to go to work. I'd leave after work to go to school and then get home. I would go to library after class and then get home a little after 11 p.m. and then start the whole thing over again at eight o'clock in the morning. So I did that for three and a half years and pretty much nobody saw me, you know, um, and Tracy was really supportive of that. And, you know, just doing the things, simple things like putting the garbage out or running errands. Tracy was doing all of that where I had to give it up because she yeah. was supporting my effort. But the reality of it is it was it's if you think you if you think you can do it, you can. You mm-hmm. just got to be dedicated to it and don't stop. Don't let anybody tell you. It can't be done. It, that was one of the things. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. How do you do that? Well, if you, my answer was always the same. People would say, how do you drive so far and, and study all the time and don't do anything else? If you really want something bad enough, you're going to do what it takes to make it. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people drop out in law school because it's very demanding. Uh, a lot of people don't end up passing the bar. A lot of people don't end up passing at the end. So it's a very competitive environment in school. But again, it's that one step, one class after the next. I I created an Excel spreadsheet of the classes I was taking. So I knew how many classes you take. And I would just be like one one class at a time. And I mean, I took multiple classes. What I mean is pass this class. Okay, now I got to take the next class. I had it all charted out. And here's how long it's going to take me to get there, right? And all I kept saying was, don't fail a class because you're going to have to take it over and it's going to mess up your plan, right? You know, so I was lucky enough that I never was never failed a class and anything like that. But um, it's really one step at a time and you have to have the determination. And some people need to write their goals down. And that was one way for me to do that, to see after I got past the first semester, the first year, now I'm in the second year. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm in the second year. I only only have one more year to go. And I used to ask the, the students who were in the, you know, towards the end, I said, does it get any easier? And they told me, no, it doesn't get any easier. I'm like, you're kidding. No, it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> but you just take one step after the next, one step after the next, and just keep on going and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. But you have mm-hmm. to be dedicated. Whatever, and it doesn't have to be law school, medical school. It right. could be anything you want to be. Right. You, you know, there's a, today is so, I mean, law school, you can't do online. But a lot of classes today, you can do online. You can it accommodate your schedule. So you have less of an excuse to say, I can't do it, you know? So right. my advice is if you feel you can do it, just talk to people that are in the business, get some ideas on what it would take to do it, prepare, and just once take that first step and, and don't stop. Uh, Tracy, what was your experience, you know, as a spouse being supportive of <laughs> You know, the the law school actually offered a class for first year, second year, third year student spouses and other spouses would get up there and talk. And I thought, oh, this is crazy. No, it can't be that bad. It it is. It's very rough because we had our business. I had a full time job. Basically, like you said, I had to take over. It's like being single. It's basically what it is. It's like not having a spouse. But he wanted to do it. He did it. He gets in the car now and he goes, I don't know how I made that drive. I mean, just go, you know, a little bit of a drive. I don't know how I did it. And he did it. He did it every day and every night. And he studied, studied, studied. We go outside. We studied. I would help him study. Not that I'm in law school, but 
things that he needed to remember, we would make it fun and just work with them. So silly things that he, you know, sometimes would get hung up on, we would make a joke out of it. So when he, when it came up on a test or in a class, he'd remember it. So you have to get into it and get involved with it and just realize that that's their passion. That's what they want to do. You got to stand behind it or get out of the way. Mm, wow. So of course, you know, like I said, that is very inspirational. And you're right. What you mentioned is applies to so many things, you know, beyond law school. Whatever goals you have, like you just have to stick with it. You really can't let any outside noise put any doubt in your mind. But of course, it is always a plus if you have a supportive spouse. So that's a great thing that you were able to do that. So I want to dive back into the simple self-defense for women, you know, because it's just unfortunate that things have gotten worse in this world right now, but hey, it's a sign of the times. So this is a kind of controversial thing because um, some people are pro and some people are not. But what do you guys feel about firearms? Is that something that some, because some people don't believe in guns. Some people do feel like women need to learn how to protect themselves with weapons. What do you guys feel about that? Well, we actually did a, an article for Gun World Magazine who interviewed us on that very topic. And it is controversial and we are licensed and we do know how to use them. The problem is, is a lot of people either have guns or not licensed or they had to take just one class to go and fire one shot to get their, their concealed weapons licensed. And it's very dangerous to go to a a firing range and see these people taking classes when you know you they get it they fire it they're looking around they're like okay i got the shot off i get my license and they take that weapon home and they put it under the bed or the seat of the car and they never practice with it or handle the gun or just like with pepper spray if they don't use it they don't know how to use it they don't know the ramifications of using it it's a problem if you are licensed and you're responsible that's fabulous. But remember that when you take out a gun and you fire a bullet, you can't take that back. So if you're in a situation and you feel like you're going to use the gun, you better be really sure because once that bullet leaves the chamber, it's not going back and you cannot change what just happened. So yes, we believe in it, but if you're going to use it, be prepared, be prepared for the consequences, good or bad, and understand what you're doing and know that even the best Shooters, police officers, people with the best intentions make mistakes, get jammed up, and they could be a problem. Mm. So we're not against guns. We're just saying if you want to have a weapon, you need to be trained on how to use it, and you need to be consistent with it, and you take it out every once in a while. Like Tracy said, law enforcement, these guys are highly trained, and sometimes they make a mistake, and it's just a split-second decision. And unfortunately, when we visited the range to go and shoot, um, you see these people that you know they don't know how to handle, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be next to these people even at the range, or God forbid this, they're in a restaurant and something happens and they take the gun out, they're going to kill innocent people. Yeah. Hmm. So that's why we, we really are a big proponent of pepper spray. It's non-lethal and very, very effective. And if you see somebody accidentally, you can always offer them, you know, water, hand wipe, tell them you're really sorry, you know, versus <laughs> versus firing a gun. Because like I said, once you do that, but again, it's whatever you're comfortable with and people are comfortable. And if you are, and you know what you're doing, you know how to use it. 
sometimes the only way to stop a person with a gun is with another gun. And it just depends who you are and where you are and what the situation is. Mm. Do you guys also, with the course, is it also with empowerment to kind of tell women maybe to just kind of, I don't know, not try to not emit any type of fear when they're out? Is that something that you kind of tell people too? Like, is there a way a person should walk? Should they walk with some confidence, head up high? Like, are there just some ways that a person should carry themselves maybe? that Does that help? So, well, what we say is we empower women. So at the beginning, they don't know, you know, what we're going to talk about. And at the end, uh, we will tell you that people are laughing, smiling. They're very confident because it's a hands-on workshop. It's not mm -hmm. a lecture. Right. So when they leave, they know how to use these techniques. In fact, we tell everybody, if you're not, if you're not comfortable with something we showed you, we'll stay here as long as needed to make sure that before you leave, you're comfortable with the technique. Mm. So... Um, we're very proud of the fact that we, we, we get great reviews all the time from our workshop because we do make it fun and we make it fun on purpose, not just to have fun because when we tell a silly joke, they will remember the silly joke, but they remember the technique behind it. And mm -hmm. they may not remember our names next week, but they'll remember something silly. Like one of the things, for example, I, I say moose ears. I put my hands over my head, um, and, and act fingers like a moose. And I'll say, and think of that as an antenna, your surroundings. Think about it. What is the surroundings? Look, are you looking around? Who's, who's around? And again, they won't remember my name, but they'll remember the silly thing that I'd had my hands up acting like an antenna. What, what's, what's my surroundings? So mm -hmm. we do things like that so people will remember it. And the idea is for them to remember it for the rest of their lives and to teach someone else. Like Tracy said, pay it forward. And I will tell you, Chandra, that our program is available for people who are visually impaired. We've had folks that have come in that have their dogs with them that can do the program, expectant mothers, people in wheelchairs, people who have disabilities. We have had everybody attend the workshop and everybody can participate with the techniques. It may not be one technique, but it may be another because we show them multiple ways to use a single technique, whether they're standing, sitting on the ground in a car, in a chair. So they learn it and they learn it over and over through the repetition, but we show them different ways to use it. So like Charlie mentioned, it's not multiple techniques. We're showing you multiple ways to use a single technique that help them. They're working with actual people that are there to make sure that they understand it, not, Hey, they came. I want to make sure they get out. We don't let them just, do it simply. We want to make sure they know how to do it effectively. So if anybody's interested in a workshop, they can go to our website, simpleselfdefenseforwomen.com. And it's companies that hire us and we travel around the country doing it. So whether it's Nevada, New York, or Florida or any place, we will travel to do this workshop and it's colleges and companies, associations that bring us out to do something for their employees Mm -hmm. or, or they even do it, open it up to the community to, to show that they're community oriented and doing something for the community. So we have some major companies that uh, support this effort um, and they're all on our website. And again, there's free videos on our website. You can purchase a DVD of our program on the website for 20 bucks. It's, it's not expensive, mm -hmm. but it's very, very effective program. We're very proud of the fact that all of our surveys that we do all come out at uh, nines or tens. 
Mm. And Chandra, I have to tell you that one of the programs we've done we in our local area, we've done it multiple times. We have um, we work with law enforcement, and it's a very unique situation where we've been able to. They hire us with confiscated drug funds. So we tell the people that are coming in that, you know, the bad guys are paying for them to take the class. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about it is we will open it up for them through the police department, through the sheriff's department. And we do a a win-win where when we do the program, depending on the time of year, we do a donation with it. So when they come in, they don't necessarily donate money, but they bring um, food for animals or they bring items for people in domestic abuse shelters or toys for children or canned food. So not only are the bad guys paying them to take the class in some cases, but they're also giving back to the community again. So they come in and they're learning, the community's gaining, and the bad guys are losing. And law enforcement passes out the food we the food drives or any of the things that we collect. Mm, wow. Now, this has been like an amazing conversation, but I want to end with, hey, like you said, the holidays are coming. If you guys can just reiterate some tips to be safe for people who tune in, like, you know, crime tends to heighten around the holiday season, you know, unfortunately. So can you guys reiterate just some basic tips on how to be safe while we're out and about and not even just shopping. People are out celebrating, they're visiting, they're traveling, you know, they're going to parties. So what are just some average basic tips that you can tell people to be aware of and just to utilize right now during this season? One of my favorite ones is don't carry everything with you. People who are on a trip, people who are shopping, people who are going out during the holidays, they have a tendency to wear a lot of jewelry. They carry, in the case of women, carry everything they own in their purse. You know, minimize, simplify, don't make yourself look like a target. You know, again, be aware of your surroundings. Um, people who are on vacation or out of parties, they kind of forget. They don't necessarily know the location. They think they're in a safe area. You got to think about where you are. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, make sure that you you have a plan when you're going places, events, airport, hotel, wherever you happen to be. Look for an alternate way to get out. And I know that sounds like it's kind of a scary thing, but if you're comfortable with being uncomfortable, change up your routine. Know how to to get out of something if, let's just say, God forbid, an active shooter came in. Is there another way out? I came in this way. Can I get out another way? Does, Does that person over there look suspicious? You know, just sometimes it's the simplest thing so that when you say it to people, they're like, oh, yeah, maybe you're going out on a a blind date, um, you know, tell somebody where you're going, write it down. You're going out for a jog. Let people know that you're changing your route that day. Just things that people don't think about and do a lot of investigating online before you go. You know, if you're going someplace, you're going someplace different, map out your route, take a look around, see if there's unusual situations in the area. Sometimes it's just simple stuff that people forget about. But again, the biggest thing, male, female, whatever, I still say carry the pepper spray with you. It's small to keep in your hand, and it's extremely effective. Mm. Well, and here's another thing. Again, don't be trusting. 70% of all sexual assaults are by someone that you know in Mm. some fashion. Wow. 
Oof. This has been a great, very informative conversation. And I do hope that someone that tunes in learns something new. You know, like I said, it's an unfortunate sign of the times, even though danger and crime has always been around, unfortunately. You know, I just think sometimes we tend to notice it more now, but it's never, you know, it's always been the case. So we definitely all have to be safe. Before we end everything, please give the website again and tell people how they can reach you. Like you said, you guys offer this nationwide. So it's not just limited to Florida. So tell people how they can contact you guys. www.simpleselfdefenseforwomen.com. Awesome. Thank you guys again. I really enjoyed talking to the both of you. And like I said, even besides what we talked about with self-defense, I also love hearing the story of how you guys powered together as a couple for Charles to, you know, pursue his dream, which of course helped you guys as a family. And it's just great that you guys are doing such a great thing, helping women be safe. And, you know, like I said, this is I hate to like scare people, you know, with some of the no, scenarios. You have to be aware. That's yeah, right. no, it's good you do. And we appreciate you having us because now you have an audience that hopefully they took away a couple of techniques and maybe your program can save somebody's life. Yes, I do hope so. You know, because like I said, unfortunately, there's so many people they're missing. And like you mentioned, some people unfortunately are never found, or just people just being assaulted. It's just very unfortunate. So and like I said, I do like to do things that helps women, but this is important because we all need to know how to protect ourselves. So thank you guys again for just gracing the show and giving these amazing tips. And I really do feel that anyone tuning in, I'm sure there's something that they probably have never heard before that they'll consider the next time they just simply leave the house. Leaving your home and coming back safely really is something we take for granted because there's so many bad elements out there, unfortunately that are waiting to take lives, assault people, hurt us. So like I said, this is a very informative platform, you know, that you guys have presented to us. And I really do appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Sandra. Thank you guys. So you guys heard it. So please go ahead and check out their website. I'll have all the information on the link for this show. So you can catch this episode and of course more www.thekeychat.com. And I do end every episode telling everybody, make sure you be safe and go love yourself. But definitely just listen to the things that Charles and Tracy mentioned. We unfortunately live in a time right now where there are some people who are out here and they want to hurt you. They do not want you to come back home safely. And that's just something that we do have to talk about whether it's uncomfortable or not. It's just a sign of the time. So I do hope that you guys really, truly just take some of the things I would mention today, learn to defend yourself, and of course, be safe. So thank you, guys. Go queen, go queen, go queen, go. Represent, you're a queen, you're a queen, oh.